season five, episode 18. Clough just schooled me in, uh, well, he didn't school me. He taught me about how to get your leftovers in the fridge as quickly as possible in order not to let all that bacteria grow on the food. It's crazy stuff, man. But it's good to know. I mean, it's good to know. But what upsets me the most is that based on what you've told me, we don't even have, our appliances don't don't allow for the ease of cooling our food, our leftovers in a way safely. Like I know there's tricks or whatever, and it's winter, but and I could put food outside, but I'm not happy with my appliances. You know what though? But it's not talked about. No, it's not. And I, and I can't. <laughs> I I love um, like I loved teaching. One of the one of the the best parts. Actually, I'm gonna backtrack for a second. So you obviously, I mean, you saw the picture I posted up of me in my chef jacket from like the first was it two thirty five? That was two thirty five on a Friday, but it was like in my first year of teaching. Damn, like sixty pounds lighter, eh? I don't think I had any more hair than I do now, though. That's kind of look like a child. I look like a child. <laughs> Wait till I post up the next one, which was um, me. A picture of me. It's actually a picture of a picture. I don't have the original, but it's a picture of me. Someone snapped at our very my very first staff meeting. Oh. So we're so yeah, but very much like so fresh, so fresh. Um, but yeah, the uh what I loved about teaching that hospitality class, and it still endears me to this day about it, was um talking about the food stories that uh the students had. Right. And how they came to and we would talk about allergies and intolerances, preferences. And we actually did. I think I shared this story on the pod before. Like we would spend the first week just getting to know each other through foods and the way food is shared in the house and some of the traditions. And um, we would talk about, you know, like I said, the difference between intolerances and allergies and preferences. And it was also in that first week where on two different occasions, people ask the question, Clough, like, I just, I, you know, the hand comes up slowly. Like, I just want to know, when are we going to start talking about hospitals? And I was oh. like, what are you talking about? And yeah, like, when are we going to start talking about healthcare? I'm like, healthcare? And they're like, yeah, hospitality. And I kind of paused for a second. I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I guess I need to advertise better. Yeah, because the course was introduction to hospitality and tourism. So I didn't know how they were connecting the dots between hospitality. But you know what? For it to happen twice, bro, for it to happen twice, um, it was just funny. It's you just, you real, yeah, you just kind of go, whatever. Okay, you roll with it. Um, the, uh, but talking about the food stories and talking about the, how different families operate and talk about like, polarizing for some kids right and it's also where it gave me a like i was constantly taking post-it notes post-it notes post-it notes post-it notes and we had a big parking lot of post-it notes as far as you know how our food stories were, came to be and it was like weird kind of like food i did like food cbt on them like what's the evidence that this was the best way to have this particular dish you know, because I would challenge, because so one person would say, well, that's not how we do tomato sauce in our house. Or, no, I'll never eat craft sliced cheese, but uh, I will eat cheese curd. So you get people hitting up the controversies there. One of the things I listened to time and time again, though, 
because the first unit here was what I was trying to dovetail in from these food stories is that the first unit is always about safety and sanitation always. And I took them through a, um, a kind of a, a narrowed version of the food handlers course, which uh, I think it's called food safe. Like every food handler, I think it used to be called food handlers, food safe, but it's basically a, a training course that your local public health unit expects every person in hospitality to have that certification. It's like the, remember the safe serve that they had for bartenders and such. So this would be for the food side, right? Um, but I'm listening to the stories about um, like the stories that always popped up about, you know, how dad would take the burgers out to the barbecue and then put the cooked burgers back on the same plate that he brought the burgers out with, or uh, he was always clean. I'm, I'm, I'm picking on dads. I'm picking on dads. But this is how the stories came out in these particular families. Um, typically in the stories that I got, it was dad making mistakes at the barbecue. And it was mom making steak, make steaks with chicken, like just the way chicken was handled. Um, and in both cases, my under, my knowledge from restaurant is like, I was just like, oh, man. And I would say to some students, I'm like, does your family get diarrhea a lot? And some of them are like, Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like they kind of kind of pause and like yeah well not a lot but you know they're sort of analyzing it right i'm like well you could be could be making yourself sick i don't know but i'm going to show you how to how to treat food properly we're going to do it here right um you know mom you know mom or dad's leaving you know they're very efficient one kid said yeah every friday morning my my mom tells me remember take out the frozen chicken from the from the freezer and leave it on the counter so it's ready for dinner put it on a plate to make sure it's thawed for dinner yeah. dude that's my mom yeah or 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 Horrible. or you know they would they they were always Th that the way someone's fridge was organized, they loved to put the meat up on the top shelf because it was easy to grab. They didn't like leaning over and they figured that they didn't want to put it in any of the, the drawers because in the drawers, uh, the smell sometimes of meat. But what happens is when, you know, they would just put the trays of meat on the top shelf and then it would kind of drip down onto other items. Oh. So the kids talking about how they'd be pulling out like, uh, like containers, Tupperware containers and like juice kind of spilling on them in the morning. So yeah, um, we, you know, we started this morning on the on-ramp just talking about HelloFresh, HelloFresh, HelloFresh. But also a little bit about just the stuff that, the things that HelloFresh doesn't train you to be a chef. It doesn't train you necessarily even to be a better home cook. I think it does put a lot of a lot of opportunity in front of you, and I I almost like want to go looking for the HelloFresh fails. I want I want to see like where someone said yeah that this recipe just went horribly wrong, and I've never thought to do that, but I'm sure there's a hashtag out there the HelloFresh fails. You could also start it if there isn't. I could start it too. Well, they in the literature, eh, it tells you like post up your HelloFresh uh, recipes on Instagram. So uh you should do the evil side of it. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. I call it evil, it's not. I'm still stuck on hospitality and tourism and sitting there thinking, I'm gonna learn about all the hospitals in Germany and France and <laughs> you know, hospitality yeah. and tourism. Yeah, dude, it's a thing. 
it's a thing. That's cool. And it's and and you just really kids. You just kind of go kids, right? Because that's all it is. It's just them. Um, it's in some ways, it's just. I probably in high school had better things to pay attention to than my course outlines as well, right? Like I'm not. Oh, sure. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not too. I'm not too chuffed about that. But it was just. It's just. It's just. It is a funny. It is a funny. Um, I die every time I. Uh, every time I meet a new kid, in my work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I look at their schedule and they're doing hospitality or construction or I just shake my head like I wish I took those courses in high school. I don't know what I was doing in high school. Um, I had no idea. I can honestly I, say I had no idea that those I knew electrical was mm-hmm. a thing because my next door neighbor, Mr. Anderson, was a shop teacher and he okay. taught the like, I don't know, it's electrical engineering. And I knew there was auto shop because when I where my elementary school was mm-hmm. was kind of right beside the high school that I eventually went to. So we always walked kind of through the high school area and we'd always go past the, uh, the smoking section and the smoking section was at the back near the dumpsters yep. right outside the auto shop. So I actually thought they were staff I because they were just so kind of frightening to me. I actually thought they were teachers just standing out there smoking by the, <clears throat> by the garbage bins. Um, but they were students on a smoke break between you know working on cars um so yeah i knew i i think i knew there was an auto shop in there but anything else but like i had no idea i wish i did hospitality i wish that would have been so much fun and i love food so it's mm-hmm. like it's the perfect combination but yeah when i see it now um it's actually interesting yesterday i was talking to um a student success teacher about one of our students that we have in common. And I was like, hey, can you tell me what the student has second semester? I, I need to check in with the student, make sure that they're comfortable. And I looked at the schedule and I just shook my head. It's like the best schedule ever. It's like hospitality, communication technology, religion and history. And I was like, what can I sign up for a schedule like that? Like that's mm-hmm. pretty epic, in my opinion. Um that means that the student got hammered in first quad, second quad. Yeah, that is that, English in the math. There's, but, a, there's a truth, right? But I mean, second semester, it's like that's a dream to be able to to have courses like that. But anyway, yeah, every time I hear about a kid in hospitality <clears throat> who's failing it or not going to it, I just shake my head. I'm like, there's no. I mean, I'm speaking sim- simplistically here, but like, uh-huh, uh-huh. there's no reason, like. If you're going to hospitality class, you're going to pass hospitality class. How could you not enjoy? I guess, well, every time I say something, I can, I'm conflicted. <laughs> I just think. From your perspective, I think here, here's where, and I'm not looking to save you, but maybe this is partially what you're thinking. Save me, yeah, I mean, save no, no, I won't save it. But I get it. I get it. I think where you're getting kind of twisted up, if I may, is that suggesting somehow that just by showing up, you do well. Like that, that, there's, that there's an element of success by showing up and you do do well, but I think you're also, I would, if I, what I guess I would be, what I'm connecting with, what I agree with you is that me sitting here right now talking to you, I probably would have enjoyed being in a kitchen at school. Like, I think, I think it fits with me. And then I kind of extend that joy out to other people and think like, come on, like you get to eat a little bit, you get to cook a little bit, you get to learn a trade. Um, That's where 
yeah, there's elements where you sort of, it's easy for you and I to believe that that would be an attractive course to some kids. Right. And, uh, and for sure, just showing up is not enough. But if you show up and you're cooking something cool and you're going to get to eat it and you're with your buddies, even if you're acting like a doofus, you're still learning skills in the kitchen that you're going to use for the rest of your life. Like That is true. When I took home ec, I loved every minute of it. My favorite part was when we got to cook. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we I remember making apple crisp. Huh. And, you know, it was just, it was awesome. Peel, peel the apples, cut them this way, you know, use this much sugar and cinnamon to coat them and butter. And, like, I was like, I was like, this is friggin' cool. You know, even um, learning how to sew, how to use a mm-hmm. sewing machine. To this day, I, I feel like you're going back to elementary school. It, or, or was it a grade oh, nine sorry. course that you took? No, it was grade eight. It was grade eight. So in Ottawa, my grade seven and eight happened in a high school. Mm-hmm. But here, like in Waterloo Region, Cat in the Catholic Board, seven and eight is part of the elementary panel. Because I remember in elementary, we, but we don't have to... home ec in elementary yeah. schools. We went to um we would actually travel to another school. Yes. And it was called it was called Home Ec, yeah, Home Economics and Industrial Arts. And industrial arts, that's where we made like our little wood shelf and other wood constructions. And then we didn't do cooking. We actually didn't do cooking in the home ec. I, I made a pillow and I made pajama pants. Like that's what we sewed. That's what that's what we were expected to do. Okay, so because my grade eight, my grade seven and eight year was in the high school, we had a home economics room. I guess that was the hospitality section, and then in, yeah, industrial arts was the the technology, not the technology, the uh, the workshop where mm-hmm. all the machines were and stuff, the woodworking machines and stuff, and then so he, this is a cool connection. Um, so one of the schools I worked at. St. Anne's in Kitchener. Um, I was on, I was in the back 40, me and the other grade two class. And on that floor, it was me, the other grade two class on one end of the hall. And on the other end of the hall, there was a grade five class. And right across from the grade five class was a really big room. It was a hospitality room. Mm -hmm. And I found out and nobody, we used it for nutrition, for learning and, um, the planning time teacher would use it to bring her class in there to to dance if the gym wasn't available because it was a really big room and it had like you know three stoves and a couple of fridges and whatever so the one section was all that and then the other section was just carpeted area where desks would be mm-hmm. and um, i remember my father-in-law telling me that they used to use that room to bring kids in from other elementary schools to do home ec I was like, that's awesome. So, um, and then strangely enough, at another school I worked at in Cambridge, there was like a a technology space in the back of it. And that's where schools used to travel to, to do tech stuff. So here in in the board that I currently belong to, elementary kids used to get put on a bus, taken to particular locations to do those things, to cover, I guess, that curriculum or that to... um, jump into those experiences. But in Ottawa, in the Catholic system, uh, seven and eight, there was only one seven and eight standalone school. I don't even know why. And then everybody else went to the high school for seven and eight. 
as far as I can remember. And so we had those, we had those rooms and the, that equipment there. Like I, my whole Mac room was really cool. You'd walk in and there were, there were two, two, there was a room and on one side was the kitchen area. And it was really cool because it was split into, that side was split into four kitchens. Um, so there were four sections where there was like a stovetop, oven, fridge, a shelf and like all the tools. There was four of those. So the teacher would split us up into four groups and each group would go to their kitchen and do their assigned jobs or whatever. Then the other side, there were desks and chairs and there were sewing machines and all that kind of stuff. And it was the same in the, um, in the shop. Uh, you had one side was just all the machines then the other side was like where the chalkboard was and the tables and chairs where you could sit and, and get your instruction. So I got great memories of, uh, of doing the right thing in those rooms and then doing the wrong thing. I remember, I don't know why, but the whole Mac teacher, I don't know where she'd go. She'd be like, I'd be back in a minute. And she'd just leave while we were cooking. And, uh, <laughs> That's when the flour would start to fly from one kitchen to one kitchen area to the other. And she'd walk in. She was, I loved her, but she was one of those like sweet as pie one second. And then the devil the next ready to kill anybody in her way. So she'd leave sweet as pie, come back in, there'd be flour everywhere. And she'd just lose it. And uh, all the guys are like snickering and kind of like trying to hide our faces from the laughter. Because the minute she'd walk out, we'd literally... This is so bad. Like, throw our hands into the flower bag and just toss it and yell, smoke screen. Um, just the stupid stuff grade seven and eight kids do, right? Or, or mm -hmm. can, do, I guess. I guess any kid could do it. But um, yep. I got great memories. I made my mom a, a Christmas tree pillow, which still sits on my mother's bed. And every time I, I would go to Ottawa and check in on it, it looks so weak. I All the stuffing inside has, like... I don't know, done its thing. And it's like, it's just this little weak looking Christmas pillow that once was stuffed, I thought was stuffed really well and done well. But um, I guess it needed some TLC. I mean, and holy cow, I gave that to her when I was in grade eight. So many years later, you made pajama pants? <laughs> yeah. So weird. Yeah, they're like, they were. <laughs> basically like hospital pants you know what i mean like that was the basic very basic blocky design right mm -hmm. um i ended up using them i, I used, ended up using them at some point and they were totally like there was no shape to them there was nothing um i think in one of my grades in elementary school i ended up cutting them shredding them all up because i went as the hunchback of notre like i went as a hunchback like a oh, like yeah, quasimodo yeah, yeah. to for halloween for some reason like igor that's what i was saying. um so yeah, they they got shredded and used for that. Do you so do you so I guess like there's no like I'll assume at some point like I went to Catholic school, um, elementary school. So I'll assume at some point like industrial arts and family studies was a part of the curriculum. Like, is it not a that not a strand anymore in elementary? Like, do do you know? Like, do any of your students? Go off site, like you know the nope. well the St. John's kids. They ever go somewhere to do that kind of stuff? Nope, they don't. Hmm. That's an unfortunate loss. I think it's huge. I'll call that. That's unfortunate. That's um, 
that that's a truth. It's huge. Michael Leonard, before he became a vice principal, um, as the experiential learning and innovation teacher, mm -hmm. he, he, like, we talked one day about kids not knowing how to hold a screwdriver and, like, use a screwdriver. And so he was, like, he was building these really cool uh, boxes uh, with, like, electrical parts in them and stuff, like kits, and providing them to teachers to use with their students on, like, what this looks like and how to deal with the trades type stuff. But with that comes the use of tools. And I don't remember if he kickstarted it and other people were talking about it. We're like, yeah, kids just don't know how to use like a screwdriver and a hammer and stuff. Um, I was learning that stuff. Well, I was learning it from my dad, which mm -hmm. I have to say, I've done a poor job of trying to teach that to my kids here at home. Um, but I learned it from my dad. And then I, at school, I got to use those tools. I feel like it's not happening in the same way that it, it used to happen. Like my son's got auto semester two. And when I was in school, I didn't take auto for a couple of reasons. One of which was I was too busy trying to cram in all the sciences uh, and the maths because I thought that that's what I was going to use, which I hadn't really didn't. My son, as soon as he said, should I take auto? I'm like, hell yeah, sign up mm -hmm. for auto. Because knowing how to do the simple things he's going to learn auto class, like you're going to carry that with you for the rest of your life. So yeah, do auto, will. do the construction technology course. There's time and space for math and science and English. Like you'll, you'll get them in, you have to. But um, I'm a little jealous actually that he's doing auto. I can't wait to hear about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, um, it's funny because Mad just the other day was talking about, she was, well, she was asking about the whole, um, like, what's the difference between in, so in, uh, like food and nutrition, what's the difference between food and nutrition and, and hospitality? And, uh, it was, it kind of stoked me up. Now, part of it is if she decided to take either, I'm sure she would enjoy it, right? I, actually, I, I know she would enjoy it, um, and it doesn't matter which one she took. I, I just said one way to look at it is just hospi hospi anything that's hospitality is, is, is really focused on how do, you, how do you join the trade? Like what do you need to know to, to work in a trade? And mm -hmm. I said, if you're, doing a, um, if you're doing like a food nutrition, it's a, it's a social science. So it's looking at how does nutrition, I mean, you might have, get a job in actual as a nutritionist. I said, but it's like, how does the food and sociology and psychology kind of interact and wellness? I can see her kind of processing it through. It doesn't really matter to me which one she takes. Um, but I was stoked when she was talking about it because it, 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 both of them have kind of techie applications to it. And now I'll go back that photo. The thing, the, <laughs> what you can't see, and I don't have too many pictures of the rest of the room, but in the photo that I posted up there on Twitter, that to the right that so that that sh that thing that i'm leaning against is actually this big like magazine rack and it had all the sort of like all the sewing manuals mm -hmm. and because it was a former home ec room on one wall and i wish i still had pictures of this on one walls was a folding down um a folding down ironing board um 
there was a I had a washing machine in there. It's also where we stored the um, the little robot babies mm-hmm. for the parenting course. Um, and the whole kitchen really was set up like it wasn't set up with stations in mind. It was set up with how do we make this look like a home home style kitchen? Um, it wasn't until it was about maybe the third or fourth year that they came in and they updated the room to be more of a um, to be more uh, industry connected. And they put up like a reflecting mirror, like a demonstration mirror. And they they rebuilt, they pulled out, they ripped out a whole side and put in more cooking space. And then they they just they they redesigned the room so it was closer to a tech room. And when I first got to that school that I was teaching at, the tech course that I was teaching that I was hired to teach was actually owned. I say it owned, but it was actually ran out of the uh, social studies, the family studies department, because Mm -hmm. the tech department up to that point had never had anybody that was chef qualified to teach the course. So they didn't have a technician in there, like a tradesperson. Um, So they basically said, go ahead, family studies, take it. And what would happen would be, it would be a family studies qualified teacher on a letter of approval from the SO to teach a tech course. So when I came in, stuff changed it, 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 because I could, because I could, I could sort of start speaking to industry. So I have to say, I'm looking at the photo right now and I, mm-hmm. the details are fantastic. Number one, the poster that's up on top, uh, up, up on the wall, uh, up top by the clock, it says having a safer school is your call such like a traditional like you guys are the ones that make this place what it is you're leaning on the av cart with the oh TV the, the straps star. on the tv the how, straps what that? And, and how money is that that you had a tv and vcr right there parked see for how you? big it is how tall oh, it dude, is those things are huge <laughs> um i remember once, first you gotta notice the straps though <laughs> i remember once uh wheeling one of those things down the hall and the strap came undone and the the 50 inch tv almost hit the deck like it was Mm -hmm, a big mm -hmm. deal um i'll go one further also what you can't see there at the bottom because you can't see my feet the Mm -hmm. tires on that are inflatable oh inflatable tires so the the trip with that was that sometimes sometimes like i had a sudden blowout going down the hallway one time (laughs) and that whole because that you see how high that tv is right like that tv is up above my head Mm -hmm. so that whole thing started to like lean on one direction. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm loving that you're wearing your baton rouge, your baton rouge white. Um, street cred, bro. Street cred. I was going to say, you must have been rocking the look at me. Like I've, I've worked in industry. I've worked in real restaurants. Like that's, one of, that's huge. One that's of the cool huge. things was um, when I was, when I, I we talked about this another pod when I was transitioning out of the restaurant, the uh, the guy said there was some damaged jacket. So the jackets there was some sort of damage to it, or they had changed the logo, or they were about to sort of just recycle. So um, the supplier gave those to me. They said, "Go ahead, take them." Because the way that those jackets work is that we there was a linen supply company that we all we did was the restaurant paid to have. The, the embroidery done mm-hmm. 
And then what they would do is if the jacket got too old, so we would get bags of linens that had like all of our towels and all of our, our aprons and our jackets that would come in for the staff. Staff only had to provide their own shoes and chef pants. Um, so there were jackets that were going to be like retired. They were just too either the shape has gone or there was like a stain that just wouldn't come out anymore. And I said to the supplier, I'm like, look, can, can I have those or can I get them at a low price? Like why? I said, well, I'm going to, I'm actually starting to teach in September. So this was over the summer, over the summer as I was, uh, like I wasn't a full manager anymore, but I was still doing some culinary duties at the restaurant. I was doing some front of the house. And I'm like, yeah, sure. So they gave me like, I think 10 of them and some aprons. And they said, go ahead. They just, they gave me a bag of them. And um, actually, I never asked if they charged the family after the fact, but they said they're going to give it to me for free. They said, here, you take it. I was like, okay, cool. Um, so when I got there, they had all these, they had like family studies aprons that were just, they were death, bro. Like they were just, they we were good to have aprons, but they were like so small, kind of one size. So I actually had 10 jackets, all different sizes. We got some more jackets. We got some more equipment. Like I pushed for that eventually. But I was able to arrive with like some gear for the students to wear if they wanted to. So yeah, it was cool just, to have that as a starter. I think it's like in a way the height, the height of it's the height of your career, even though it was the start of your career, walking in and and having having the credentials to do the job and wearing the jacket to show that you've you've been in the trenches, you know, it's not like you've You've done your thing, and now you're here to teach it. Uh, I'm guessing those are, uh, well, circa 2005 Skechers on your feet. They look like Skechers shoes. Solomon's. They were Solomon okay. hiking like these. Uh, oh. Yeah, but very, you can see the little brown leather on this. Yeah, they were they were like these chunky hiking kind of boots that I wore all the time. And the super baggy pants. Like those aren't – it's not just I'm a smaller person. Those are like pants that are like three sizes too big for me. I loved wearing baggy pants back in the day. A lot of people did. This reminds me, so <laughs> I'm making a connection, which is kind of cool. This reminds me of, so 2005, I'm, uh, I'm probably a teacher for like five or six years now uh, by this point. And my buddy, my best friend is a cop in Toronto. And he's the same. We both started our careers at the same time. So he's a rookie cop. I'm a rookie teacher. And I go to visit him. Um, and he he somehow made his way into like um, undercover duty really early in his career. And he's wearing pants like that. And I'm like, dude, did they give you those? He's like, no, they give me an allowance. So why would I not, why would I not want to wear the baggy jeans that feel good? I'm just laughing at him because I'm like, it was just funny. It didn't fit, but that was the style back then. Right. I wore baggy jeans because I was fat. So I needed big pants, but all you skinny people are wearing them because you know, there's a lot of room. It feels good. I'm loving the look on your face and the way you're holding the binder and the pen. It's almost like they could use this photo as an advertisement. You know, you look like you're modeling something. And for me, there's two more things that I love. It's the, the apple up beside that poster of having a safer school. It's like, you know, classic teacher, the teacher apple. And then the, the yellow and red fire alarm poster, which mm -hmm. like has to be it. 
I see the uh, fire extinguisher down below, the BS papers on the cork board that you probably never look at. You put them there because you think you need them, but you never use them. Um, it's a great shot, dude. It's a great shot. So how this came about is yesterday I had, well, the photo, I was in the classroom, but the the fact that it it came back to life was I'm right now, so I've been like a Google tools user for a long time, long time. So early adopter into using it. And initially, long before Google Photos, like the actual app appeared, Google Photos was integrated just into your as like a standalone and then it was brought into drive and at for a short amount of time the google drive photos like just a drive space was integrated and would sync with the new photos app and then they said it's no longer syncing anymore so i have a bunch of photos that i found in a google drive folder from way back in the day that i'm now shifting over to the google photos app so that I can access them from my phone um, more easily because I put the Google Photos app back on my phone. And as I'm going through stuff, that's where I found this. I have some other ones too. I was showing the kids the other day. I did this awesome, um, I was with the comm tech department. We were doing uh, design and it was between comm tech and art. And we did platter design. And the challenge was to make a fruit or a veggie platter that would be attractive to kids. So the, the groups all had to do their research for, you know, the different kind of foods that they would have to do. And then they had to draw it out and then they had to design the platter. And I came across some of those, those projects. Um, and I was showing the kids, I was just laughing or I have a photo of like, just this stuff that like, it's just, it, it was one delight after another going through some of that. Right. Um, the, um, the, you know, like one of the designs is called eating Nemo. And it looks like like they basically designed a fruit platter that looks like Nemo, the Disney character. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, the kids are expected to eat it. Um, I have other photos where they were making gingerbread houses. So we did a construction. We did I did a collaborative with the construction class and my class. And we learned about construction techniques. And the kids had to make a gingerbread house, but they also had to, so they had to learn about measurement and scale and all that kind of stuff from the construction teacher. And then they had to bake gingerbread and trim it such that they could make as plumb and square as a gingerbread house as possible. So they got what you're saying about using a hammer and a nail. Well, we didn't get to use that, but they did have to understand some construction techniques in order to make, you know, the roof plumb and to make sure that their edges would match up and how to do square. It was really cool. But during the course of that, um, I don't know how I missed it. One of the teams worked on a super secret project and they only, they brought the pieces home. So they were making the pieces and then they brought the pieces home. And then they brought their project back. And what they actually made was a stripper stage, but it was all <laughs> out of uh, gingerbread pieces. And they had like candy canes mounted in the center as like stripper poles. I can't even like, it's just, yeah, it shows up on the last day. I was like, what is this? They're like side project, sir side project that was also so it so one last thing i'll just add to that um uh, a bit of a just a personal identity that's that's officially where i moved from so um i arrived there and because of the way that i presented the students asked me on the front end do we call you chef 
or, or do we call you Mr. Clough? And that's where I was like, you know what? At first I went Mr. Clough. And then I shifted into Clough, just flat out Clough after that. I think I may be sure the story about it, like I wasn't a good teacher in the beginning. I was still a, a good chef, good cook. I sucked as a teacher. So I realized that I needed to sort of stop thinking. I needed to stop thinking as a cook first mm. and start thinking more like a teacher. And that took some transition time. It definitely took transition time. But part of that transformation was getting away from the chef moniker. Like I had to get away from that. I couldn't be called chef in my classroom. It just did not work. So. Just wild. Just wild. It is a little bit. I'm going to post up a few more pics of other things that I found. Um, for sure. So thanks to you, I posted up a pic. I responded to your tweet and I posted my pic circa 2003 I'm with uh, my two teaching partners. We're all intermediate teachers. We're at uh, the Mount Mary grade eight retreat in Ancaster. And uh, we, we, pro we probably hadn't slept, um, you know, I, I think on, I found it on Facebook and I, it was like, I don't know why we all look so happy. We hadn't slept in 48 hours or something. Um, but man, those, those were days like three new teachers. I mean, all of us had a little bit of experience, but brand new to teaching profession, all three of us. And we had to rely on each other to, to get through. Um, it's good times, man. It's good times. I'm glad they're over because, you know, you'll learn from them. But when I look back on that, that was a, that was a good time. Not really knowing anything, you know, not knowing, not knowing. Um, none of us had kids, you know, just like innocent, <laughs> young and innocent. Yeah. The, that room from that photo as well. I like, okay. So two periods of the day I was doing like restaurant stuff. Right. But one of the other periods, it was still, it was the grade nine because it was grade nine food and nutrition. So there was another course running in there. And so I was working. So the teacher that had the, the teacher that originally had, um, had the signed off ticket to teach the tech was a part of the family studies. So they just, they just did more family studies. So they did the food nutrition for grade nine. I think the grade 10 as well. Um, and it was funny sort of sharing that room. It was, it was, it was good because it got me seeing, it was really necessary because it got me to see the things that I needed to do to bend my host, my trade in trade knowledge, trade craft into class craft, because I could see how she was doing like similar cooking lessons, similar safety sanitation, like doing similar things, not the same, but doing it as a lesson and structuring it and layering it and accounting for it and grabbing artifacts and assessing it all the stuff that I had like A to Z, I could jump A to Z to get it done, but I didn't have an understanding of the steps in between. It was also in that, and funny, funny, I would get this from a family studies teacher. Um, that family studies teacher um, was there when I was first there, was a bit of a mentor and then was gone in the second year and came back in the third year. So was away on a, um, on a, on a mat leave. And when they came back and they started teaching, at, when we got into second semester, we were just talking how stuff going, whatever. Um, they said, you know what? One of the things I've noticed is that having my own children has made teaching easier. 
was like, what do you mean? And it's kind of carried with me to this day. Sometimes I forget this, but I feel like I'm, you and I have talked about this in different ways. Um, there's important and then important. <laughs> and when I arrived as that teacher, when I arrived as that individual that's leaning in the photo, I would it, very ego centered, um, very narrow in my focus. And I was able to only have to account to myself and, and my, 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 my new spouse, that was it. And at the time, part of me shifting into teaching was that we were starting to talk about having a family, but I hadn't, I didn't have a family yet when I started teaching. It was a couple of years before that happened. So that's 2005. Madeline was born in 2008. So it was three years of sort of seeing how being in education created an opportunity for family. So really transformational. But just that quote, like having a family, having a family of your own, of course, it's it's a wonderful complication. But I still agree that it actually made teaching easier for a lot of different reasons. One that comes to mind is that you're, you feel in a different way and you understand um, compassion in a different way. You're, you're, you're forcibly opened up to have to consider other things other than yourself. Otherwise you don't stay in a relationship with your kids very long, I guess. <laughs> um, and I think you also find, I think from a dad's perspective, it just, it kind of changed the way I thought about stuff. Like I, I found more humor in mistakes. I found more fascination in um, um, small steps of progression. I, I became, I think more interested in humans as opposed to my job. I was so driven with the job. I was, it opened me up to being really interested in humans. And that's, that's a useful tool, I think, for, to be able to, you know, take on your life as a course of study. I felt like I was closer to that. Sometimes uh, my wife and I will be telling stories about work and uh, one of us will say, that teacher isn't a parent, are they? <laughs> and the response It shows, is, no. eh? It does show. It do it can, not always, but there are moments where it's like, oh, that person doesn't have kids, do they? And the response is, no, they don't. It's like, uh, that's unfortunate because I think they might operate in a different way if they did. Maybe not, but I would say generally speaking, yes, they would. <laughs> um. <laughs> and I notice in that, I mean, that's a, I like your, how you mentioned that because that's a fluid type of mindset um, because I will say, I'm in a stage right now where um, with my own kids, like they walk home on their own now. Mm -hmm. They have a mobile phone on their own. So I don't, I try to be, I want to be, and I still am that person. But some of the automaticity of having to get out the door right at three o'clock to pick the kid up from daycare to sort of start your night and start your routines, we're not there anymore. Like we're that's just not, the kids are a little bit more, um, they're sort of in charge of their own routines. They're sort of doing their own things right now. They're socialized. We're not the center of their, we're apart. Our family socializing is a part of the constellation of how they socialize now. It's not the only place that they socialize and hang out. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as I'm watching my colleagues, just like, like just burning a burning rubber out the door at the end of the day. I'm like hitting three o'clock. I'm like, okay, I need to just pause for a second to kind of think through the day. 
I'm going to clean up a few things. I'm going to organize a few things. I'm going to finish those four sips of coffee. I'm going to call that parent. And then I'm sort of getting like, there's a, there's, there's a lag time now mm-hmm. that sort of just in this, in this space and this time that um, I like it. I like it. I like sort of, um, I like, I'm, I'm totally aware of how I've grown as a person since 2005, when that photo was taken, totally aware, totally aware. And more so, I would say so much more so than the, so 2005, what would that have made me 16 years ago? That would have made me 34. Wow. I would, I would say, yeah, 34, 30, yeah, 34. Yeah. Um, I would say I am so much more aware of my development as a human since that photo has taken to now than I was coming up to it. The smile, the smile on my face in that was very much, I'm happy to be here. I'm really happy to be here. I didn't know what to do with it yet, mm-hmm. but genuinely happy to be in the classroom doing what I'm doing. So. Um, I hear what you're saying. I totally hear what you're saying. And a couple of things, I think of a couple of things. Um, I was in grade four class this week for the day. And um, halfway through the day, I was back into my primary teacher mode. And it was like flowing, you know, it was flowing. And um, at one point, one kid said to me, it's funny, a kid that I taught last year, he says, would you, would you do this with your own kid? I'm like, it'd be worse for my kid. So <laughs> go do what I just asked you to do. Get it. Done. It was just funny the way, like, the kids were laughing. Like, yeah, that's Mr. C. They're like, what about if this was your kid? I'm like, if it was my kid, it'd be worse. So take what you're getting. Do your job. Come back and see me when it's done. It was, mm-hmm. they were, it was funny how they were trying to, they were trying to manipulate that side of me. And I'm like... Oh, if my kids were here right now, they tell you you're getting off easy. So that's not going to work with me, you know, but it was, um, it, the same, I was happy to be there. It's funny how you say it doesn't, might not make sense to listeners, but I was happy to be there. And then Friday I was back, but I wasn't back as a supply teacher. Friday I was back doing re-engagement. I was working with one of my students and it's hilarious because I'm sitting in the hallway with this with this student that I'm working with. And all these kids that know me are like, they all came in from recess. So they're surrounding us as they're getting their coats off and stuff. And I'm like, put your running shoes on, get to your classroom. And it was, it was one of those moments. Like you're looking at that picture and you're like, yeah, I was happy to be there. Mm-hmm. And, and it reminds me of just even the other day, yesterday, I was just happy to be surrounded by the kids and in that I've always considered being a teacher an honor to I'm the lucky one that gets to walk into an elementary school and work with these kids Mm -hmm. um to me it's always been an honor even in re-engagement um it's an honor to walk beside these kids who are struggling to see if maybe me being on the journey with them will help do something to move them into a positive space again. It's not all me, but I'm happy to be part of the journey. Uh, yeah. 
so anyway, yeah, it's um for all the headaches and and the government nonsense and whatnot, the politics of it all, uh, it's still like it's really awesome. I ended up in this space, getting to uh, positively influence people is pretty cool. Pretty cool. I'm gonna remember this conversation with you this Tuesday and Wednesday when I'm supply teaching and I'm ready to just lose my mind because yeah. there's so much going on around me. Yeah, you and that dual role. You and the dual role. It's funny too, because when I was in the I was at my old school yesterday and they're like, Are you here? Are you supply teaching today? I'm like, No, I'm re-engagement today. And they're like, Okay. It was just funny. I'm like, no, I'm here for an hour. The student and I got some things we need to talk about and do, and then I'm gone. I got to go to the high school. And even some of my colleagues look at me, they're like, what's that like? Like, you're literally leaving an elementary school and going to high school. I'm like, no biggie. It's just older kids, and there's there are more parts at play in the high school. But it's just cool to go from one place to the next and meet with different people. Like, um, I guess... Oh shoot! I'm out of time. I guess we'll have to save this story for later. But I had, I had mixed two worlds. I had mixed my Bosco, alternative ed world, with my St. John's, uh, teaching junior world. The two worlds collided, mm -hmm. and the staff at Bosco, one staff member in particular was like, "Dude, that is awesome what you're doing right now with those kids," and he's like, "The next time you know you're teaching those kids, I gotta come in. I gotta come in and say hello." And I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, it's been far too long since I've actually gone to interact with little kids or whatever. And I was like, I'll let you know. It's cool. Anyway, that's that's uh, season five, episode 18. Do you have any artwork for us today? Your your story. Um, you have to I tell know. me what that stands for. <laughs> I know. But they, they look like letter blocks am i right they are they are okay they're letter blocks s f u o c so this is this is your this is your wordle for today i don't do wordle bro i know i don't do wordle <laughs> and i block on twitter i block the word so that i don't see anybody's wordles so basic rules the basic rules are if it's green it's in the right spot Right, it's the right letter, right spot. If it's yellow, it's the right letter, just not the right spot. If it's gray, it's the wrong letter. So this is just me messing around. The word is actually focus. Oh, gotcha. Um, and they're all grayed out and mixed up. Yeah, so I, it's sorry. a little bit how I'm feeling. That's okay. All of our thousand listeners out there, like, I'm sure. Loving it. Tens of thousands of listeners. Yeah, they're all into Wordle except me. What I'm would like, we do? I want nothing to do with it. What would we do with ten thousands of listeners? Uh, we invite them over. Invite sure. them over for chili. Invite them over for something a, a, a safely and safe and sanitized meal. This okay. is the HelloFresh episode. It's also sponsored by FC Gaming. I don't know if nice. they know that they're sponsoring us, but uh, that's they okay. Are. They sponsored your attire today. That's cool. Yeah, FC Gaming. Okay, so I guess hopefully we'll be uh, the world's returning to its regular, regularly scheduled program. So next mm -hmm. Saturday, my son, next week, my son's gonna have hockey coming out of the yin yang mm -hmm. um, because everything was on hold for so long. Now they need to catch up. 
So yep. hopefully you and I will get uh, we'll get the cast, and if not, then I'll see you the next time we're live again. Dude, we'll get it figured. Take care.